0: Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back, everyone, to GEMS Podcast. I am your founder and host, Ms. Genesis Amaris Kemp. And for those of you that are new to the community, welcome in. For those seasoned listeners, thank you so much for choosing to listen to another segment. With me today is a very special guest by the name of Mary Lou Martin. And y'all, you're in for a treat because she wears multiple hats and you'll find out why. So let me tell you a little bit more about Mary Lou. Mary Lou Martin is a celebrated people leadership strategist who works with global leaders from all types and sizes of organizations to help them make their employees feel uniquely respected as human beings, appreciative, fulfilled, and engaged. Mary Lou holds a doctorate in organizational leadership and is the author of the best-selling book, The Big Quick Survival Guide that is filled with tips and tools on what it's going to take to attract and keep top talent in the great new workplace. We're seeing Emerge today, yes we are. Her primary message to all leaders and the organizations that support them is that people will always be people first and employees second. So without further ado, let's welcome the woman behind it all, Mary Lou Martin.
1: Thank you so much, Genesis. I'm excited to be here today and very much appreciate the opportunity.
0: My pleasure, Mary Lou. And before we dive into the work that you're doing in the meat and potatoes of the conversation, I want to give the audience a chance to get to know you personally and professionally in our connection segment. So there are two options. We could either do a rapid fire 10 question game or an icebreaker. What would you like to do? Let's do the icebreaker. Here we go. We're breaking the ice with Mary Lou and Genesis. Do, 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 do. So, I want you to share something in your life that you have done where other people on the outside looking in may have said, Mary Lou, that's crazy, but it actually built your character. Or if you're feeling fun, risque, and risky, share something crazy that no one knows about you, not even your own community.
1: Well, that's an easy one since I just moved to a new community and I'm making new friends and headway here. And I would say the one thing that people are a bit surprised that I do is I write and produce and deliver puppet shows for the preschool crowd and how this has been so character humbling and sharpening. Is they do not hold back. They are the toughest critics I have ever come up against. And so it's been a lot of fun. People look at me and go, where did you and how did you decide to do that? Just sort of fell into it and it became just a a hobby and it's something I have loved to do.
0: That is super cool. And especially around the holidays, like mm-hmm. I'm sure like there's so many different thoughts and ideas coming up. And I love the fact that you said kids are so honest because yes, yes. they are. My nieces and nephews say the darnest things. And I'm like, <laughs> did that just come out? And I'll just share one thing before we jump into your book. So I remember whenever I was expecting and now I'm post-expectant. So my daughter will be five months soon. And my little niece, who's seven, came up to me and said, are you pregnant? And I said, no, why would you ask me that? But I guess kids are very spiritual or they're very spirited. And so she knew I was pregnant before I even knew it. And a week later, I took a pregnancy test and I actually was pregnant. So it was just interesting. Very. because we were trying for a while it it wasn't happening and then I told my husband well maybe we could have some fur babies a cat or a dog or whatnot and then mm-hmm. after going through three major losses in my life my father my job and then one of my grandmothers at the time then we found out we were expecting and then when I went to the Caribbean to visit my family and came back my mom's mother passed and she was 99 mm-hmm. so I just mm-hmm. wanted to share that um But yes, kids do say the darnest thing and they're very inquisitive. I like to say inquisitive versus nosy.
1: (laughs) Truly, I can't agree with you more. And congratulations, by the way, on the new baby. That's super exciting.
0: Thank you. And I'm super excited to unpack your book. Mm -hmm. And I see it in the background. So spill the tea on what made you call your book The Big Mm -hmm. quick. And- when I think about the big quit, like whenever I look at the cover, the big quit survival guide, it's like, okay, so many people left for their jobs during the pandemic and they burnt something new. And then other people were pushed out the door, whether it was laid off, furloughed or fired. And I could resonate with the layoff part, but it became the biggest blessing because then you mm-hmm. had that time to appreciate the things that you forgot about and the things that were important to you that you put on the back burner because you were so inundated with what you were doing. And then you had a realization that, hey, there's so much more to me and so much more tied to my purpose, but I can't can't do all those things if I was working this nine to five.
1: Yes, well, you have beautifully described the whole premise of what (laughs) we have all experienced here. Probably um, a watershed paradigm shift, if I can coin that phrase, over these last two or three years' genesis. It, it's it been uh, a remarkable time in history to watch what's taken place in this whole environment we call work and the relationship of the employee and employer. And if I could just back up and give you just a, a real be a brief premise on that and how it came about. Literally, for 100 years, we've had one general model of working and it has been sort of the command and control approach. You know, there it was a boss and the boss pretty much held all the cards and the directive was you either do it and you do it this way or you don't and you're let go. And there's been uh, a lot of that that has softened over some of the more recent years, but yet it was still very much how we got work done. Well, it takes nothing like a pandemic um, and what we experienced in these last few years to completely shake that up. And here's what happened we literally took this year after year after year of employees feeling kind of this command and control you know this pented up frustration and then like a recipe you mix in a cup of acute awareness of oh my gosh life is super fragile I mean, look what we lived through with COVID and we lost many people and we were all turned upside down by this. And so this acute awareness, to your point, of all of a sudden what really matters in life, right? And then you mix a couple more tablespoons of many people who had the option got a taste of working from home working remotely, working with flexible work options for those that had that opportunity. You mix all that together and bam, there was an explosion of this that I call the big quit. We've heard it termed as the great resignation. You know, what just happened three years ago to the point where even today, 4 million people who left are still not coming back to the environment that they left. So, my book is to help leaders. It's targeted to people who are leading teams of people and experienced this big quit, and now are trying to figure out since the rules have changed and so much has changed with people coming back to work and under what conditions they need that to be workable for them too helping them understand how the game has changed. And, you know, it's interesting, Genesis. It was, um, the book came out in uh, early spring of this year, April, and it did extremely well. And I would say people were hungry for that information and it was very helpful. Where I saw a surge in the interest was after Labor Day. And what I believe we thought was going to happen is that people thought, oh, you know what? We're all going to get back to normal. People are going to come back to work. They're going to come back to the office. It's going to be as it was. And a lot of people put a line in the sand and said, look, you either come back or you're going to be gone. Well, they sort of pushed back on that and said, okay, we need to figure out what's changing here because it's not going back to normal. There are new requirements now that we've got to help leaders get on board and embrace and fine tune to attract number one, and number two, keep the best, most highly valued people out there. And they're out there. There's many people wanting to work, wanting to bring their best selves to that work. And we need to help leaders know how to create that environment to attract and keep them. And that was the reason I wrote the book.
0: Wow. And I could actually resonate with both parts. So I'm going to just throw it out there and y'all, I'm going to be completely transparent. So I have 12 years of experience in oil and gas and energy. I have a BS in supply chain and logistics in tech with double minors in purchasing and OLS. So organizational leadership and supervision. And I worked for this Fortune 500 company for seven and a half years as an employee until I got laid off. And they told me, oh, we really want to keep engineers. But I was like, it doesn't make sense because I'm working in global supply chain. I have a supply chain degree and I'm working on a proprietary project. Fast forwarding, I started looking to get back in the market. The market was very saturated because so many people that either got laid off or furloughed, they're also out there bidding for those jobs or whatnot. And then you have the pool of people that just said, hey, I don't want to go back to work because they have either launched a business or they became a partner in a startup or whatever the case may be, or maybe their spouse got a new job where um, their spouse or partner is making X amount of dollars so they could afford to stay out a little bit longer in the workforce. And cool, I was in that bucket too. And then I was like, I want to do something to just have my own money, which my money will be my play money for the things that I like to do. Sure. And I kept hitting, no, no, no. And I looked at it as no is next opportunity or new opening, because a lot of people are saying I was overqualified. And I'm like, okay, if someone's overqualified, why don't you let that individual make the decision if they want to work there versus you turning down that person? And then you can't find a qualified candidate because the candidates that you're pulling from, they may not necessarily have all the skills, experience or whatnot. So now we see this big old hoopla, and now people are scrambling for these employees and they can't find these employees because those good candidates, they were probably like me faced with rejections. And now they're starting something new, which they fell in love with it because they've had a taste of it working from home is nice you could get dressed from the waist up be on zoom be on teams or whatnot you have flexibility to spend time with your children you don't have to take a vacation day where it's not a vacation it's a sick day because your child is sick and you shouldn't be coded as a vacation day because how is that a vacation day if my child is sick or how is it a vacation day if i need to go to the doctor
1: Sure. And what you're describing there, Genesis, is probably one of the largest and loudest platforms employees are looking for in order to come to work for a particular organization. And that word is flexibility. Now, we understand that not every job has that flexibility, but I'm going to challenge all leaders who are leading people to get really creative. And even if we're, for example, in food service or you know something where there's a retail operation and we physically have to be there and care for the people and our customers. Can we look at, designing shift changes? Can we look at including the employees to come up with a plan that could work in in maybe a creative way? So we're not just dictating and telling people, uh, you know, what and how it's going to happen. That That's one of the biggest changes. And certainly for those industries who we have the opportunity to have remote workers or hybrid workers or in-office workers, and we have all of that the flexibility unique to each individual is what's going to be the key to get creative and keep people in a way that's unique to them so i would say one of the walk uh walk away words today is keep an open mind and provide flexibility in a variety of things that could be the rewards I'm getting in return for the work I'm doing. How I define a reward can be very different from how someone else defines it. We have to be very careful that we're not trying to solve keeping good people with an organizational solution. It's not about the organization as a whole. It's about the relationship on how every individual human being needs to negotiate how to um, get what each other needs, the employer and the employee, and we're all different. So I'll give you a good example. I'm very, exactly. very practical, you know, And I, when I look at giving advice, especially to new leaders, and I'll say things like, you know, you can't just tell your people, you know, get to know your people or it, it, it's, well, what does that really mean? For example, what is, you know, what does that look like? Well, let's take something called respect, you know, we're, we're hearing a lot today, the human cry is treat me like a human being while I'm at work right and for that that means respect. Well, that sounds great on paper. But here's an example how that can work well or not work well. Let's say I'm uh, the leader of a new team. And Genesis, you've just reported to me now for a week. We've just gotten to know each other. One of the conversations I'm going to have right at the beginning of that relationship is about this word respect. So I would say, Genesis, describe for me. Now, I'm apart from being civil, right, we're not going to yell at each other and use obscenities. I'm not talking about that. But, you know, prescribe for me what would dictate respectful behavior for you as your leader? What does that look like? And I would have that conversation and we would talk about maybe um, using your preferred way to communicate. Do you prefer email? Do you prefer phone, text? What what best works for you. And so I think it's very, very important to have that conversation initially and understand that. And here's where a leader can get into a trap. So I say, Genesis, what does that look like for you? And you might say to me something like, well, Mary Lou, I'm new to this industry. I really want to make a splash. You know, I want to make sure what I'm doing is having an effect the best respectful thing you could do for me right now would be to just ensure I could have like five minutes of your time where we could just check in, whether it's a text, a phone, I don't care. Just knowing you were there. If I have a question, that would be great. And maybe for the first month, we could make that arrangement. Man, if you
0: could do, I would feel so respected, right? Yeah, and one thing I wanna, oh, if I can. One thing that I wanna say too that will help is, Whenever you are new to a team, what has worked in my industry is a one-on-one. You set that up on a weekly or bi-weekly reoccurring meeting where you're meeting with that individual, whether it is your subordinate or the person above you, and you're talking about certain things. What are your goals? Um, where, Where the communication is being severed or whatnot? And then also a personality assessment, whether it's Meyer Briggs, or mm-hmm. it's Clifton Strengths, or whatever the case may be. So you could learn how to work with that individual and then you come together and talk about that. So you Absolutely. could see each other's learning styles and whatnot. And that has went very well for me because I've been at the level where I was an IC individual contribute. And I've also been at the level before with another company where I was a HSD manager, which is health, safety, and environmental. And I had to learn how to work with certain personalities and team members. And even though, yes, you saw me back where I was, now that I'm a manager, you still treat me with respect, even though the roles have changed, because I see you as a human being. And don't, and I hate when people say, treat me how you want to be treated, because how Mm. someone treats you may not be how they want you to treat them.
1: Well, you led perfectly into the next part of the example. So here, I've got one employee that says, oh, my goodness, to be respected would be to have five minutes, that would be amazing. So then I walk away thinking, Okay, my next employee who I'm going to have this one-on-one with, I ask that same question. And this person says, well, Mary Lou, I know the ropes around here. You know, the best way you could respect me would be to give me my marching orders, show me what the goals are, and then you know what? Let me fly. I don't want to be micromanaged. That's why I left my last job. So you see, to your point, if I don't ask and have a very clarifying conversation with each employee, even around that word respect, I risk treating someone in the wrong way. I think I'm being respectful, but it's not in their language. Or as you said, we tend to treat people the way we want to be treated. And we've grown up with the golden rule. I'm changing it to the platinum rule. And that's treat others as they need to be treated. And that opens the door to servant leadership. And that is the best approach to working with teams today is getting to know those people, removing their obstacles, whatever that might be, and serving them in the way they need to be treated. That's what they're looking for.
0: I love that. And would you say with the big quit today, do you think that D E I and B has something to do with that? So for the audience listening, that's diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Because a lot of corporations, whenever the so certain social issues were happening, like stop Asian hate or Black Lives Matter or the Me Too movement, so many corporations were jumping on this bandwagon to show things that that they were diverse, equitable, inclusive, and belonging. But then once the certain situation faded, they went back to their old tendencies of doing yeah. things. And those employees, they felt like they put up a facade and they're like, you didn't really mean what it, or they threw some cash at that individual and it was like hush money.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. And that brings up another really good point that's working well or not working so well in organizations today, because the employees are becoming wise to it. And what I call is a fake culture. We say all these things, we we uh, stand for certain things, but when the rubber meets the road, nothing's executed and the opposite. We really risk early on, especially top performers. They're marketable. They see right through this. And I have an idea and an activity I'd like to share with the listeners to prevent from doing just that because what you're touching at there is going about how to build, build an authentic culture that really does resonate what that group of people say they want to stand for and here's a way to do it as a team leader you could start with your own team every team has its own culture even within the organization who has a larger culture but let's start small because many of our listeners might be leading a team at this point and looking for some help in this ask the team who comes to mind that you would like to most impress? Who do we know team that we want to most impress and let them come up with a name. It could be the owner of the company, the CEO, it it doesn't matter, but someone that they're going to interact with, they really would want to impress. So get that name. Second part. Ask that person or ask the team, if that person were to spend a whole day with our team, they were going to shadow us. Either they're going to click into the Zoom meetings or they're actually going to be in the office. They're going to watch us work as a team for a day. Now, as that person drives home and goes to their evening activities and they're reflecting back on the day, what three words? Would you want that person to have come to their mind as to how they would describe the team that they shadowed that day? And have every team member write down three words. They can do it anonymously and have them. And then you collect all these words. Now you're going to start seeing some patterns. Probably there will be some words that are going to be repetitive. Great. Let's look at that. Synthesize it down. And now we're going to pick three words. This team now has already started to create a culture that they believe in. And then it goes one step further. Now, team. What are the behaviors? Let's write down examples that we're going to demonstrate every day where the rubber meets the road here to execute these three words. It's so simple and yet so powerful, and it's hitting one of the big asks of people today who are working. I want a voice, I want to matter. I want a sense of purpose where I'm working. What better way to have them create that culture and hold everyone accountable for executing that culture? That's where authenticity comes in.
0: I love that. And as we wind down to be respectful of time, I want to jump into the CTA, Mary Lou, and this is your call to action. For the audience, because we gave them some high level overviews of the book, but it's up to them to pick up what we put down and then go do their due diligence, grab a copy of your book and submerge themselves in the tips, the tricks and stuff that you have shared, so they can advance in their own leadership journey.
1: Indeed, I have a gift for your leaders and here's how to go get that gift. If you go to my website, it's big quitsurvivalguide.com bigquitsurvivalguide.com. And at the top of the website, there is a tab and it says download survival kit. I'm going to give your listeners the password that is only offered in the book. But I'm so wanting people to grab onto these concepts and get help. I want to give that survival kit away. So if you type in the password survival, you will be able to download over 75 pages of all the activities, checklists, scripts, how to have this respect conversation, the checklist for the activity that I just shared with you, and the book will give you all the details behind the activity, how to execute it, but you'll actually get to print out, see these activities, and put them to you. So that is my CTA, because we can't afford to keep going the same way we were. The rules have just too drastically changed, and I want to see 2023 to be a fantastic year for leaders who are making their way through this people-leading business and now are ready to embrace and get on with the new activities that we all need to be a part of to make this workplace effective.
0: I love that and that is amazing. Thank you so much for offering that audience. So make sure you go download this survival kit, enter the password survival and take these resources and do something with them. Don't just let them sit there and don't forget to like, comment, follow, subscribe. And most importantly, share this with another leader in your network. That's how we are going to grow and build one another up. You have something amazing to offer and so does that next person. Collaboration is the new synergies, not the new competition. Mm-hmm. And don't forget that it does take a village, whether you're in the workforce or you're at home. So keep that in mind and get out of the whiffle method, what's in it for me, mm-hmm. and think about the me and turn it into we, what's in it for we. So let Mary Lou and I know what you liked about this segment. Segment. Leave us a review. We're on forty plus audio platforms. You can see the recording to this video by going to YouTube and typing in "Gem with Genesis Amaris Kemp." And until the next guest, next segment, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day, and remember, you matter. You were created on purpose for a purpose. So it's time for you to ignite and pass the baton to the next person that needs you.